0: This first Game of Thrones season six podcast episode of Game of Owns is brought to you by MacWeldon.com.
1: MacWeldon is better than what you're wearing right now. Unless, of course, you're like Melisandre and not wearing anything right now.
2: Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off using promo code Thrones.
0: Thrones.
1: It was great just seeing all the reaction again on social media, having people send in their owns, which of course we'll get to later on in the week. But the creativity, the juices were flowing and I, there were some that I read. I shared a few with Hannah before we sat down to record, and she was laughing a good amount and gasping. We're and
2: wading through the icy cold waters uh, north of Winterfell of our thoughts right now.
1: I feel like all of all of my expectations
3: for this first episode and what I, what we've been thinking that the season's going to be. I think that definitely this first episode is starting to confirm the suspicions that this is going to be the best season yet
1: coming into this season. I didn't really know what to expect because as we've brought up before, for those of us who have spent so much time being sullied, this was a, this was a fresh start. Hmm. And I really felt that the flow of the episode was, was great. And I was waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for that moment. And of course it came at the end where you for as Prince Doran getting stabbed. Yeah, lots of th- yeah surprises. was that not the moment for you? That, that, that was surprises. the other moment.
0: No, no, no. That's good. That's good. We're, we're starting on a high note then. If Micah wasn't <laughs> impressed by the Prince of Doran getting stabbed <laughs> okay, by his family. Okay, how about Tristan though? Really? Really? Did <laughs> right, that surprise right? you, Micah? Ariel
1: Hota. I mean, come on. I know! On. Yeah. No, that,
0: no, that was no. That, that dug was... deep. I'm not
1: forgiving them for he that He polishes
0: one. his staff nightly.
1: <laughs> anyway, yeah, we got the, this, this big, shocking moment at the end of the episode. And uh, as, as we've talked about, just the influx of response that we got from people on social media and Twitter, Facebook, emails, comments on watchers, this season is off to a great start. You texted, there's a lot of owns. Or you said something about like there being a fuck I ton. I said of a fuck ton. <laughs>
0: You were not wrong, <laughs> and then I
1: corrected myself because I didn't <laughs> want to curse in front of Hannah, but I just did again. <laughs>
0: Thanks,
3: Micah.
0: <laughs> oh man, so it's uh, it's come to us. The the time uh, just sort of ticked by. Uh, Game of Thrones has been trending on Twitter all day.
2: This episode is all is going to be another one of those that you just want to keep rewatching for all of the surprise moments. Like I think Except I caught maybe
1: the end. I I have a feeling some people might not like the end. Uh,
2: I think you're a little hard on, on the end on
0: there. Who you ask. Hey, she's four hundred years
1: old. She's looking great. She looks looking pretty
0: good. Great. <laughs> well we spent the last few days trying to uh get things in order, and part of getting things in order, which is different now than any season we've had in the past, is uh we have a clothing sponsor now. So it it feels a little bit more legit than it has before.
2: Mac Weldon is Reinventing men's basics. So and apparently
1: they're anti-white walker.
0: Which was that included <laughs> in your package as well? I thought that was a nice. You got touch.
2: the anti-white walker stuff. I yeah. got the anti-dornishman yeah. stuff.
0: I'm not sure how well it works, but uh,
2: <laughs> I guess we'll find out. We all we all got some. We had the opportunity to. Tried out uh, over the weekend. I wore mine to my birthday name day celebrations, uh, which ended up being one of the best parties I can remember having. Best night of my life, I think I threw around. <laughs> so MacWeldon is some some great stuff. I'm sure you guys uh, have similar <laughs> stories, even though it wasn't your name day.
3: I will say we did we did have a missed opportunity to all buy matching. Clothes. Oh, we, we definitely wait, well, messed up. I thought that we
0: were. That I got the same black t shirts that I always get. <laughs> oh, I got the blue. I got the blue. I'm sorry.
2: I got the blue I got too. The blue. So wait.
0: I okay. actually got a blue one too. I got a blue oh, one too. I, t- blue one too. T- I did. Okay, yeah. Look at Zach that. is like
2: the last, the late twin, the last we minute matched. twin.
0: I now have 50 black t shirts. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: it was so easy to order. You accidentally ordered 50. Well, you know,
0: if you don't
2: like one of them, <laughs> they'll give you a refund. You can keep it.
1: One thing that did come to mind, guys, when I was watching that end scene of. Of this first episode is that Melisandra, she would have looked great in some Mac Weldon. <laughs> and I can't think of a better name of an organization to have as a sponsor because you could take that name, Sir Mac of House Weldon. I mean, just uh. doesn't it have a nice ring to it, though?
3: I'd pledge my sword.
1: We're obviously very happy and
0: excited to be doing this. And this is a great night. And Hats off to Mac Weldon for sponsoring our first episode of the sixth season. And if you love our podcast, do us a favor. If you're in the market for great clothing, better than what you're wearing.
3: Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off using promo code THRONES.
0: That's a T-H-R-O-N-E-S. Not owns. Mm. You guys thought we'd use owns, didn't
1: you? Next time. <laughs> well, Hannah, you wouldn't have been the only person that pledged their sword tonight.
3: I don't even know how to talk about it. It was my favorite my favorite scene because I love Sansa so much. But after Sansa and Theon's little chase through the woods, and we, we kind of knew that this was coming, I think. We've um, seen a little bit of it. We've seen a little bit of it, and we all had kind of guessed that Brienne was going to show up. Um, And she did just in the nick of time.
0: Which
1: was surprising to me because I feel like on Game of Thrones, nobody gets that kind of reprieve.
0: Yeah, and, but Sansa started
1: And did. there was Brienne riding in on her horse with Podrick.
0: Hey, can we celebrate Podrick's training with Brienne paying I off? I was so I he's impressed Bolton. with him.
1: How about Reek? Theon? Yeah. Whatever you want to call him this week. I mean, he had a bit of a redemptive moment there where he stabbed, stabbed the, the Bolton man.
3: Yeah. And he well, even before that, when he stands in front of them to save Sansa.
1: Yeah.
0: To try
3: to yeah. distract them,
0: I was like, I need to watch <laughs> the episode right now. I need to watch it. I want to watch <laughs> I, it again. I have to yeah,
2: watch that. Watch a, his heroism, that? and then Sansa really didn't move at all
1: from where she was. In all fairness, I mean, where could she really have gone in that amount of time? Nowhere. Nowhere that the
2: dolls couldn't
0: have found her. Yeah. I had the sound turned up. So loud in my living room when I was watching this. I was, I was sitting right in front of the TV and my dog, Strike, who is a dire wolf, was sitting nearby. And when those hounds started barking, he was just into it. He was, <laughs> it, he was turning his head, questioning things. I wonder what they're saying. Yeah. What are they saying? <laughs> I think they were angry or, or they were telling each other jokes. It was one of the two because he was yeah. interested, but a little affronted.
3: Well, so they take care of these Bolton men and then. The most beautiful moment of the episode when Brienne kneels for Sansa, and then Sansa tries to say the oath back, but she can't remember all of what House it is. How's so Who it? <laughs> Who yeah. knows it?
0: God, he studies so hard, you know. He practices. Wait, hang on. Seriously,
2: real talk. This it wasn't Theon also helping with it. No, it was Podrick. Oh, uh, Theon nodded. Right. Theon said do it yeah okay
3: he kind of advised her for a second there which i thought was so cool
0: yeah she looked to him like should i take her on well which she looked cool. at him like we've known each other since we were kids and this person is pledging her sword to me and, she and, just and, but looks Theon so knows regal. That they have
2: no chance otherwise of surviving <laughs> it's it's such a it's such an obvious yes hell yes in fact um, I know. i'm surprised sansa didn't do like a whoop right then and there but
3: well you could kind of see their little smiles so like they say the oath back to each other and Sansa looks so regal and beautiful and perfect. Yeah, and she was great. She has, so good. I just feel like she's starting to come into her own a little bit mm-hmm. in that moment. It just felt like a very grown up thing for her to do. Do you see and her then, mom in her yeah. at all
2: there?
3: Yeah, well, and, and her dad, like her whole family. And so, that's true. but I saw there was a little smile on her face and a little smile on Brienne's face. And I was just so happy because you just what a match made in heaven. It
1: was a throwback to the moment when she pledged with Cat to Catalan.
0: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was the whole time just thinking she's saying the same oath back that, that her mother spoke. It was just, uh, we don't get moments like that very often. And that's one thing that this opening episode, which I I'm very much in love with two swords from season four, the opening episode from season four. But, um, yeah. I, I did have some, there was, there was things in this episode. I know that we've been so excited and full of ah because we should be. This is nuts. And we were literally recording this minutes after all is said and done. And it just sort of came. Do you guys know how it just kinda of crept up like it's half hour until the episode airs? And then all of a sudden, oh, it's online right now. And then <laughs> it's it's credits. We have hundreds of hundreds of owns coming in. It just kind of all it all happens so quickly and um i don't know i kind of feel like we're in a different place in time like you said and like we're we're sort of like we're it's everything's different now that we've seen the continuation of the stuff that was left us left us hanging off of a cliff left us leaping over a wall in winterfell uh for the past year basically Mm -hmm. and um with with what we're talking about now something that i don't know it just became uh it stuck out to me so much this this sequence with uh with Dion and Sansa. And it gave us something that we, we normally never get in Game of Thrones. I remember when Brienne and Sansa looked at each other the last time and we hoped that there would be a good moment, but she was with Littlefinger and it actually ended up ending quite poorly. Like I knew that the oath was going to, you know, it felt that it was going to happen this way. And it was one of the most sort of rewarding moments that I've ever seen in the TV show. And it made me feel more than than I've felt from watching a TV show before. It all came together. The music, the visuals. The
3: acting. I mean, all of yeah, it.
0: Brienne
2: must really be on top of the world right now. I mean, she just avenged Renly's death, uh, and it took care of Stannis. She happens upon essentially the the, the search party for Sansa is able to intervene at the perfect moment and succeed. Although it wasn't easy, even with Oath Keeper. Uh, her Valyrian steel sword. It wasn't altogether that easy. She got, she got some, uh, some damage taken in there, but, uh, she did it. And now she's able to pledge her service to Sansa and Sansa accepts, which went a hundred percent better than it did last time she offered. And they're together now, which is great because honestly, I was terrified for Sansa this entire time. Um, you know, as they're, as they're running through the woods and everything. And now I finally feel like I can breathe, uh, an exhale of, of relief.
1: I was actually, uh, scared for Theon, to be honest, right after the moment where Ard. he saves Podrick. Mm, yeah. I thought he was going to get it in some way, shape, or form. So I'm actually, uh, glad that Theon, even though I picked him in my death pool, um, <laughs> last <laughs> episode. Still not and everyone else. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, well, I clearly should have, uh, picked somebody from Dorn, <laughs> which I failed to do.
2: But, Jesus. Did they just, did they, do you guys, do you guys think they got our memos about how we didn't like Dorn last season and then, just decided to do away with it is that because no, of I us I
3: think
0: they decided to re-up I... on the Dorn and just yeah.
3: well now all of a sudden i care about Dorn. honestly well, i was not expecting I, that at what all
2: what i cared about in doran was was prince D- doran alexander sitting and now he's i was a, wondering
0: how that affected you recipe. in a
2: bloody pool i uh, man i really felt real bad about it because on the one hand you're like he got this this death that was coming to him because he's Essentially, uh, I want to say a Ned Stark, although that's not necessarily a fair comparison, because Ned was more of a man of action, I think, than, than Duran. But ultimately, pure intention, so far as we're aware. And, you know, he was killed, he was betrayed for his death. So let's just compare the two that way. And it makes me think quite fondly of the character of Duran in the show that said, he, you know, I love the actor Alexander sitting and he was probably only in five episodes ever. So I'm actually quite upset. Um, but you know, Dorn really shaking shit up with the, the sand snakes in this episode, Tristane, I did. I mean, seeing Duran get it. And then seeing Tristane get it in in the same episode and, and like the entire scene was like a minute long for both of them. I just I don't know. It was shocking. It was not a completely unexpected death, but it was so awesome to to really actually see that happen. I, I just love that the show can still surprise us. Um and I'm sure the surprises won't stop coming.
1: I was definitely shocked. And yeah. I think that it was set up in much the same way that Marcella's death was set up in that Alaria was very comforting to her initially, and she was very much the same way with Prince Durant. She's helping him up the steps and into his chair, and then all of a sudden, once the note comes that Marcella is dead, they immediately go into attack mode. And honestly, their rationale for what they were doing, I think some people, at least from what I saw in response on social media, they were understanding of that, and they didn't have a terrible argument. They were saying... You sat by when Elia was killed. You sat by when Oberyn was killed and you chose to do nothing. You just sit and you're not a very active leader and not saying that he deserved what he got, but there you could understand the motive. You could understand where they were coming from.
0: Can we say the same for the men of the night's watch and John? And the same thing happened to him in the just the previous episode.
2: Well, they then mm. they're faulting him for his action, for letting the wildlings through. What's worse, action or inaction? It's a good question. It, what is it, the path? Who gets to make that decision? Exactly. And it's it's not necessarily right even who has the right to judge, it's who does judge because the people who, are who doing, does judge. Yeah. yeah. And and that's and that's what the show's all about. So you have somebody like Doran who simply doesn't belong in this world, um, because you're not doing the kind of stuff that the winners are doing
1: well it's definitely not in the show's world i think it's more though that Ilaria and the sand snakes knew what was going to be the result of him reading that piece of parchment it would have been their death so in that moment they recognized either they had to act or they would be dead
2: but it was it was altogether quite cruel though as he's laying dying telling him about how all of his men uh hate him and you know he doesn't even know how few men are still actually loyal to him. Yeah, that was a little icing on the cake there because he it was a vengeful moment. It was a fatal blow. It was a fatal uh, knife wound into what seemed to be the heart, and he's bleeding out. And she's telling him how pathetic and terrible he is. Like,
1: and that his son is weak.
2: Yeah, and that his son is weak and oh, sure yeah. to die. Um, and dying. Soon. Hey, hello, yeah. you know, it's uh, so I I, I the new villain. Everybody.
0: It was just after we were watching him walk too.
2: Oh yeah, right?
0: That was I should have known with the Prince Dorian walking, like, this isn't gonna end well. You're like, this is hopeful. He's upward mobility. It's Look great. at him. He looks like, yeah, he's looks he looks, you know. He's going
2: places.
3: Well, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> at least in my mind,
1: somebody of the stature and the strength of Ariel Hota does not just go down like that. No. So no. that death was a little bit suspect to what me. What was the purpose
0: of Ariel and Prince Duran. Why why were they in the show? Only to show maybe maybe it's all about the reign of Valeria
2: Sand and it's like, let's show what came before.
1: I'm not sure though. Why were they here? Because now they're dead. They're not in the show anymore. No, It's funny though, when Prince Duran was lying there and he said, my son, I thought he was going to say Quentin for a second. <laughs> and then blow everybody's mind.
3: I did like them talking about um over and in the beginning though, before they kind of started talking smack about how yeah. they talked about how he really lived and he was this adventurer. And I was like, oh that's a nice little th- shout out to uh the character that we really loved. And then everything went south.
0: Weak men will never rule Dorne again, she said. And then two of the sand snakes <laughs> argued over
1: who got to kill the You're the a kid. greedy
0: bitch. You know that
1: <laughs> now Hen and I were discussing this before we recorded but how did the sand snakes find Tristane?
2: I mean, weren't they all on the dock as the ship was departing with him
0: on it? They had to have followed the ship,
1: and yeah. so or
2: soon uh, they
3: followed or like stowed away or something. And he
2: wasn't being, uh, t- so far as we're aware, held captive in any way. I mean, he, he was sort of on his own. I guess still out on a boat, still docked in the harbor.
0: When it looked like he was making the eyepiece for Marcella, most likely. Oh, right. Of course, oh, yeah. it was, for her being, funeral, and uh, he was
3: like, "I don't because want he food. loved her." That's so sad.
0: Yeah. yeah. I know. They kind of just kept him out there. but So he's dead too. Why was Tristan in the show? Yeah, I don't know.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I thought he was going to be, we, and we had talked about this before, I thought he was going to be uh, like a pawn for the Lannisters almost. I thought that they were going to use him and now they don't get to. When,
2: and now knowing that, I mean, Alaria has no love for him. uh there, there, there would not have been much of a story there anyway. No use, uh, as a hostage to anyone living in Dorne because only Duran, it seems cared about the boy. Uh, now he's gone.
0: So who is now in charge of one of the seven kingdoms, Dorne? And what is their motivation? That's the wild card here. I'm just, you know, this kind of came out of where, you know, what, what role does Dorne play now? If, um, uh, If Prince Doran isn't being political and strategizing, what's the plan here? Right. That's a great question. Yeah,
3: and I don't think it's something that any of us really thought about going into this.
1: And is Olaria's need for revenge been fulfilled at this point? Or is she going to look to continue her quest? I don't even know if it's for power. What is it? it? It seems like it's just revenge, pure revenge for what happened to Oberyn, what happened to uh elia at one point uh which still despite most of the people being dead the mountain is still alive in some form so yeah you, you have a wild card now out in dorn and who's going to rise to take the place of prince duran
0: are we supposed to be like how like a oh, like what the sand snakes in Ilaria? Like, are we supposed to be scared of them or be fearful of what they're going to do? Because I mean, do you guys feel that way?
1: I no, feel you know? like small like,
0: time what? crooks. Like they kill. Like, what's the deal? What's happening here? They
1: use, you know? yeah. they use
2: deceit to kill. They use you know, and it's kind of like okay, they're different tactics, equally valid apparently, but it's not. I can't see them as being this. They're they're not great strategists. They're acting on impulse. Right. George
0: wrote this like books in. He introduced a whole new family, a whole new kingdom, and these women were naturally seated in places of power and it made sense. Yeah. They were fucking badasses, all of them.
1: I think that we're just going to have to see the direction that the story runners take the Dorn storyline now with Prince Duran having been killed in this first episode. I don't, I don't know that we can even think about the correct answers at this point. Mm. It is vastly different from the books and the development of... Many members of the Martell family. And I think from reading the books, there's a lot of excitement surrounding those characters. So to see how the story has shifted in just the first episode of the season may leave some people a little bit upset.
0: Hmm. But it does keep us guessing.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean we ha- we're gonna ha- we're gonna have a lot to talk about. I think over the next couple of days.
0: I don't think a lot of it's set in yet because it was mixed in with all the other beautiful stuff. You know, Dion and Sansa and Brienne and Podrick and Jamie, Cersei and, and Jamie, and, and honestly, the best Daenerys scene that I've ever seen. Ooh. I loved that stiff competition. I would say. I know she has some really great moments, but Amelia Clark brought it.
3: I loved how they were just talking crap about her. And she is still walking with her head held high and kind of giving them these weird side looks. And the whole time I was just like, when is she going to say something? Like, what's the moment when she's going to talk back? <laughs> to Dracar- and yeah. It's yeah. the Jokaris <laughs>
2: moment of this episode, but there was, there was fewer fire, uh, f- fewer fires, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's always a question when she's going to unleash, not just that she understands them,
1: drop some knowledge. Time.
2: Yeah. Drop some knowledge, uh, and her identity. And, and that's kind of the, interesting and yet altogether terrifying thing is you don't know what her value is to these people and this other cal uh moro was it i, I thought it was a obviously a very interesting character because and the way the conversation is written and mad props to david j peterson for the language in this episode the back and forths and everything and just seemed real natural real uh realistic the way that they're conversing and she's sort of meeting him able to say her full name in dothraki which is say hey, that super awesome. But it 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 goes between it, it teeters between uh him going to basically take her for his own and spend the night raping her and, you know, who knows what else after that. And essentially, you know, she tells him who she is, and you're like, Oh shit, this will be great. But they, it actually doesn't mean anything to him until she brings in the Cal Drogo mm. connection that she's a widow. Right. And it just turns out that Kalmoro's been Brushing up on his Dothraki like religious practices and understands the weight culturally of who she is, and then doesn't lay a hand on her. So it's it's odd, but not altogether different than anything else we've seen in Westeros or Essos, where it's you can't necessarily predict what the crucial piece will be that saves your life, but you you play every card you can until you're stopped, and and hopefully one of them you know sticks.
3: I thought it was weird from that. Maybe weird isn't the right word, but from that exchange, um about this taking her to this widow camp where all the widows of all the different cows like go to hang out. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know the Dash, I don't Dash really Killeen. understand well, that yeah, that was
2: in the first book. I remember reading all yeah. all about the Dash Colen because Danny right it, it's it's obviously a big deal, but she's she's talking about them early on. It is, yeah. and and so I was actually pleased to see that be brought up uh I, I it's anybody's guess if she actually ends up all the way there and meets right. any of these other cows calls widows um but i mean it's it's kind of uh we know that she's destined for much greater things than hanging around a water cooler with
0: look can we just talk about how good all of this felt it was great the, the establishing shots walking into the dothraki camp seeing the animals skinned and stuck on spits and preparing to be roasted and just in the the music and David's languages. Um, a lot of how the blood riders kind of so, sort of spoke to one another. Um, all of it was just very familiar atmospheric. And I just felt like this is a, this is a cr- much more polished version of what we got in the first two seasons. And it was presented so well. The environments were so crisp and detailed there were so many extras it felt like we were going back in time but it also felt very you know like uh, it's cool to go into a new season and for it to really 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 feel like a new season and it really 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 felt like a new season and this is Daenerys walking with Horseman this is Daenerys walking with the Doc Thraki we've seen this before but it felt new and it was it felt great
3: well and to your point this being a new season, I think that the end of season five, more so than the other seasons, really ended on a cliffhanger instead of more of, of a wrap up. Um, and so I think to be able to be in this new season, but exactly where we left off, because we see, you know, with Danny, we with all these characters, you pick up exactly where they left off. Yeah. With, you know, John still laying on we the ground. Out, and, with him on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and so to con- to make that these scenes that we had already started to see last season feel even more grander is exciting.
1: That moment too, when she walks up and first meets Cal Moro, it was almost very reminiscent of her interacting with a situation that she would have been in back in season one. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has his blood riders there. He has some handmaidens. Mm-hmm. So for Danny to be on the other side of that, and he constantly puts her down every single time that she feels like she's gotten a small victory. He sort of squashes whatever sense of hope she seems to have, even at the very end when he admits the fact that he can't do anything to the wife of a former cow and sends her off. Um, but in that moment and saying that she has to go to Vyas Dothrak, uh, it's it's a defeating moment for her. You see it in her eyes. She thought she was going to be scot-free and be able to give him you know, a bunch of horses once uh she was safely that was a returned good gift. to Marine. Glad
2: that's cleared up. Now take me back to Marine, and we will, you know, just
0: get you some horses. See, that's what was so beautiful about these scenes is that we've seen Daenerys interact with these people before, but never with this calm, experienced confidence. Mm-hmm. She just, she had it together and it was a beauty to watch. This is, she is, when she was saying all her titles, I, in the moment, watching the show, I thought of her as, this is the Queen of Westeros mm-hmm. And she's not, she's displaced right now. She's, she is not in Westeros, but she is the queen of Westeros. What a story. She's out here <laughs> in the same tent that the Sand Snakes trained in in season five, it looked like. <laughs> 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 and she's taken all of this shade and throwing back mm-hmm. deliciously eloquent Dothraki right in there. I don't know. She I remembered just, it. But he matches I, I her She respects so the
2: culture too. She remembers the enough of, of the culture to, it, it's. she's going to need it to survive.
0: How often do you get a prisoner that you bring into your camp that is not only a queen of et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but was also a former Dothraki queen? And she's blonde. And she's blonde. <laughs> and she's and blonde.
1: a witch. And a witch. <laughs> and a witch. And, it is <laughs> nice. <known. laughs>
3: um, but that, Nimesa. to play off what you were saying, Zach, that moment where Jorah is talking and Dario are kind of going, looking for her, and I can't remember who said it, um, about them wanting to see what, the world looks like when she's done conquering it and what what the world could be under her rule is something that exactly when we're watching her speak to the dothraki with such poise and grace and be Mm -hmm. in these situations i mean absolutely can't wait to see if she's successful what what that means for westeros and the rest of the world i
1: love that episode of csi westeros myself (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I love the moment where uh they were like, uh, what you were just saying, and they were like, oh, I can't wait to see a world where she conquers everyone. And then Jorah like slows down. And he goes, and he likes, it was just... I don't know. It kind of just took me out of the episode for me a second, too. right? He slowed down and like looked around to make sure no one was watching, and looked at his grayscale, and yeah. like, was like, I hope that That's I'm so around.
3: Sad. That's so sad.
1: I think Dario probably knows.
0: Well, if he didn't before, he knows now. I was
2: writing. Yeah. He, he was riding a little close to Jorah. I don't know. I still think like if Jorah <laughs> just reaches out and touches
0: him, he'll get it too. So
2: i hope that doesn't
0: uh happen he slows down and just looks at it yeah. and made sure the camera got a close-up it's looking pretty good
2: the makeup department
0: today
3: that makes yeah. me feel like he's not gonna make it so he's not well, gonna be able to see they're that.
0: establishing a lot in the first episode right i guess that's what yeah, they you, did yeah that's what they you have even, to do
1: uh, took us over to bravos for a brief brief minute we saw aria getting her butt kicked by the waif, who is very quickly getting on my shit list. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Oh, oh why,
2: part. why, Micah? Why is she getting on your shit list for 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 hitting a blind girl repeatedly with a stick?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, I'll do it.
2: Is it not useful training for for Arya? I I, I would argue that it's uh, crucial for Arya to separate her senses and learn to be without one of them. I have high confidence that it's a temporary blindness, but I I think she's I think she's gonna learn uh it was there was something very serio forelle about the waif and her on this episode. uh,
1: yeah,
3: I had the same thought,
2: yeah, but like what was it do- like what what is it? Is it just that she's you know picking up a skill or you know and she's dreadfully incompetent at the start, but we know she'll get better.
3: I don't know, but I do agree with you that I think that it is gonna be really important for her to learn how to listen and for her to learn how to control her emotions and her I don't know what the right right word is, but I think stick. that she yeah, <laughs> <her stick. Stay laughs> but I, I think that she needs to learn control just in general and so to be able yeah. to pick those out specifically whether it's her learning to listen right now, her learning to whatever she's going to continue to do. I think all of that is going to be incredibly important for her as she continues to turn into this very intense killer. <laughs> I mean, really that's what she is.
0: Can we talk about how pretty bravos was. And that, you guys remember that, that shot of with the Titan in the background just looming? Uh, Yeah, Yeah, that was a great shot. That was so cool. It's really
1: cool. I I agree though about Sirio. I I think that his training will come into play for her specifically and and tie the seasons together, right? Going all the way back to season one. That to me is what's going to help her ultimately defeat the wave. The wave.
2: (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. she had a wooden sword. Now she has a wooden stick staff. I guess you should call. It.
1: But why is it in public though? I mean, has she been kicked out of the House of Black and White? That's what it feels like, yeah, yeah. That's it's almost a sh- public shaming of sorts, right? Yeah, like they blinded her out and cast her, her out because yeah. she broke the rules so harshly.
0: Good luck
2: yeah. to her, kind of thing. It's it's weird because they're they're still investing time and energy to teaching her something. It's, it's temporary. She's suspended from school necessarily. It's it's not quite being expelled. Um, to make that distinction. Hey, what's,
3: what's good walking around blind in the super dark? Well, building? I, I think <laughs> what it true. is is, yeah. um,
2: you know, the, the way the wave came up to her and, and first she asked, uh, are you listening to what they're saying? Then she asks, are they, are they talking to you? Oh, boohoo. You know, she's, she's, she, so the second part is an emotional attack. Nobody cares about you. Nobody's talking to you. Nobody's saying anything to you because you're nothing. Right. But the first part is the crucial part. It's, are you listening? Are you hearing what they're saying? And I think that's the test on, on this whole thing is Arya's so in to herself here at this moment. Still, she's Arya Stark, you know, first and foremost, that's, that can improve. She needs to learn to take in the world around her and, and nothing better will do that than losing her sight and, and being focused on having to hear to, to do something as simple as get around. Um, so, so that is, I, I think it's, it's all leaning towards a lesson, and the waif. For some reason, I don't know. I like these bad guys, but the waif just. uh I, I see it as a, a very valuable lesson for Arya.
0: So, who are the bad guys for episode one, season six? We've just watched it. Well, all the, the plot points I feel like have been pretty clearly set up. But you guys agree? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, I,
2: I don't, I don't know that there could be a better guy than. Ollie?
3: Sorry. (laughs) Well, fuck Ollie, okay?
0: (laughs) 2016. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got that could... I thought he was gonna speak up when <laughs> Thorne was giving yeah. his speech. Yeah. he like, really
2: just like stood by. My
0: family. Yeah. I'm so glad that he didn't because I would have just. Oh.
2: I think they're trying. They to probably would have
0: let him speak. You know, they would have like let the boy say <laughs> no. You don't get to talk. I couldn't he was read giving what his, his, page... his uh Trump. Speech. I think they're trying to hide his puberty. So <laughs> if he had
2: spoken, he would have had a deeper voice. I think they're trying to get rid of his lines. That's a very strange observation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, who knows? That's you
1: know, Well. The we'll wall. see what Is octave that what they did he hits to Brand? when a ghost gone? bites it we'll into see what him. sticks um yeah as as much as i despise alzer thorne i would have really enjoyed a, a front row seat to his speech i i thought it was fantastic but i noticed there weren't any seats available
0: there weren't a lot of seats available in that room you're right about that micah
3: micah did that make you frustrated when you were trying to get tickets for that online
1: you know i didn't know that you could get them online but now that you tell me this, yeah, I am frustrated. Micah, you need to
0: try SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets.
1: Well, then I'll be sure to check them out the next time I want to go to a Thorn concert. <laughs> Did you know that <laughs> I he, uh, know in a... Moonlights as a uh, play,
2: uh, harp player? I guess. <laughs> Uh, oh, I was gonna like guess. Uh, what is the where you bang on the, the drums, um, the timpani? No, the the music, the uh, xylophone, or <laughs> they don't know if bang on a xylophone. <laughs> I am gonna use SeatGeek to see uh, Night Ranger, though. That's kind of the same thing, right? Night Ranger uh, of Sister Christian fame is coming to the House of Blues in a couple weeks.
0: So. I keep the SeatGeek app on my phone, and I have like you know, there are certain there certain bands. And it's not just bands, because I love music, but there are certain things that are very important to me not to miss. Like when the entire bridge crew of Star Trek gets together on a monumental. Right. right, And Eric and I decide we have to go together, but we pick seats at different tiers sometimes <laughs> and we sit in different places. That was bungled, but
2: we, it know, was, we didn't It was have... a
0: little bungled, but we didn't use SeatGeek then. And the problem with, with, with most services that you use is that uh, there's this annoying fee. At the tail end, and it's something that I think we've all just kind of gotten used to, but I went in to buy tickets for a Blue Oyster Cult concert. I love Blue Oyster Cult. Don't fear the just, reaper. You know, Up front, and I feel like everything's been simplified now, and I don't have to worry about where I'm going to buy or sell tickets anymore. And it's just good that there's a place that it's taken care of.
2: The ticket price that you see on SeatGeek is the full ticket price start to finish. They're not going to trick you. There's no fees at the end. The coolest thing about it right now is that the listeners of this show get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. And I
1: know that our listeners are very passionate about music. They're passionate about sports. Trust me. I see your avatars. I know who you're all fans of. Uh, so this is a perfect Mike
2: is spying opportunity
1: Facebook. for you all to take advantage of. Uh, go ahead, download the SeatGeek app. It's free, and you'll get a $20 rebate on your first ticket purchase.
3: You download the app, like Micah said. You go into the settings tab, and you click add promo code, and then you enter our promo code, which is OWNS, O-W-N-S. And that gives you your twenty dollars rebate off your first ticket purchase.
1: So download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code Owns today, Mikey. You're so good at that. Okay. I'm telling you, I just really wanted to go see Thorne speak. <laughs> it, it felt very much like a presidential campaign speech to me. It's, it's like like a lot back of yelling in, and but we a lot won't of get lying. into that. Let's get back to <laughs> right. ghost. this episode,
0: uh, yeah. Mikey. You tweeted that someone needed a hug, Ghost. Um, I hugged my dog after you tweeted that, uh, buddy.
3: When he was howling, I mean the episode mm-hmm. starts off with ghosts so just howling good. in his cage. Just killed me.
0: God, it was so good. Right? I like that they're taking their time. That it feels really patient there at the wall. It just it feels better than all the other stuff in the episode.
3: <laughs> I was just waiting for John. <laughs> to just open his eyes Like in any of those shots. I don't know. Shots.
0: He looked pretty dead, guys. I
3: know, but like he
0: it's, pretty dead. we've been
3: waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for him to come back for months and years yeah. of reading the book. And yeah. it's like, I was just waiting for him to open his eyes. Like, please. Please. I, I didn't think it was going to happen. You know,
2: I, I for all the death and undead that these men have seen at this point, I'm really honestly surprised, A, that he was left out
0: uh, just there. by the yes. men just
2: there. And but the sign's still yeah, up. The sign's still up. The sign, what does dead man Never die? The sign's going to be there forever. Um, until somebody takes it down, but John, they just left there. You're kind of supposed to burn the body so that they don't come back as, as, as whites. You're, you're kind of supposed to do that. The night's watch at this point should know that. And even Davos and the brothers, look, they're protecting John's body for some reason. And it kind of makes sense. which is great. But honestly, they should probably deal with that in some way. Um, you know, Davos doesn't, so far as I'm aware, Know that men can be brought back using the power of Raylor. He
0: knows better than the rest of them, though.
2: But there's real threat to keeping John's body, his corpse, uh, around because, I, and and if the Night's King were anywhere nearby or aware of John's death at this moment, you would think he would just snap his fingers or raise his arms. They and, burned
3: him immediately, then he wouldn't have been able
2: to come back to life. That's right. Bingo. You agree that it's dangerous, though, to have his oh, corpse absolutely. there? Because he could absolutely. really come back as something that's not John at all. That's a white. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Definitely. So it's a risk that they're partaking in, whether they know the full you know,
1: consequences. It's clear, though, that Davos knows more, at least about Melisandre, than everybody else there does. Because there was that question that was asked about what would the red woman do against 40 men? And his response was, you haven't seen her do what I've seen her do. (laughs) And then it goes to the end scene, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about, but I'm not sure why Davos initially is so protective over John. And maybe it's just because of what he's experienced with Stannis, with Shireen, and everything that has happened over the course of Last season, Uh, he's lost a tremendous amount. I think just
0: respect for his body,
1: right? Yeah, that's probably it. But part of me feels like there's more to it.
3: It was great to see him be in a position of command and to really—I mean, he really just took control of the whole situation, Mm -hmm. which I think is exciting and I think it says a lot about what we're going to see with him this whole season. Um, But I, I really enjoyed him being in charge
0: did it feel like i said better than the rest of the stuff in the show i feel like i could watch a series about that the way it was captured the way it was moving i could have just watched an like a a bottle episode at castle black
1: because we like davos Yeah.
0: yeah that and just it was like dollars ed speaking up becoming an even richer character than before uh there was direct references that just it felt it felt very uh, deep. You know, like rooted in the story. They talked about Bowen Marsh. Like, how often is Bowen Marsh name dropped on the mm-hmm. on the show? You know, Yarwick. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
3: What was that line about? Dollar said, "It's a sad state of affairs if he's our only chance." <laughs> 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 I thought that was great.
2: Didn't he have another one? It was uh, if you were planning to see tomorrow, yeah. you picked the wrong yep. room. <laughs> that
0: was. I a totally, great...
3: <laughs> I totally agree with you though. Like, I, I think, and I think that also just says a lot about how much we are looking forward to what these scenes were going to be and how much this episode delivered
0: i'd also like to say that i think it it clearly points out that there there are lines in the story that are clearly stronger than others in season six because
2: well in a way the the mystery is only growing at, at castle black they have this uh deadline you know by nightfall to exit the room or or have the room be seized but you know, the whole, the idea that this, this episode's the red woman and we, we have that ending scene with Melisandre. Otherwise she's, she's not in it too much, but you know, when she first, she comes upon John's body and says, I, I saw him in the flames fighting at Winterfell. Yeah. You be, you begin to think, okay, she's immediately going to go into, uh, you know, that, that the prayer and revive him. And, 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 you know, I think it's cool that by the end of the episode, he's, still dead and you know it's character building you know we didn't know this this secret of of melisandre that you know essentially her appearance is an illusion um brought on by magic like that i think heightens the possibility because more definitively than ever you know melisandre knows that magic exists she wields a a part of it that's concealing her true appearance and her age and all of that stuff so I, i i think that there's a lot of hope that i have for Her being legit, whereas towards the end of last season, we're wondering just how phony she was. We're asking the questions of, well, you know, what does she really see when she looks in the flames? Is it all parlor trick the way that she told Solis in that scene uh, from the previous season? Like what what's going on there? But knowing that it, it again, it's just such a heavy hitting like there is magic that she's wielding it now gives me a lot of hope for for what's happening,
3: mm-hmm. and she says she she comes up to John and she kind of gives him this look and she says, "I saw him in the flames fighting at Winterfell." And we're like, "Yes, you did! Like you totally you saw him fighting yeah. at Winterfell. Yeah, you did."
2: That said, it must mean <laughs> yeah, it must mean so it's I think, true. I so.
3: think that that's an interesting point. Regaining this sense of almost confidence in her that we definitely have lost, while she is seeming to lose confidence in herself.
1: Um, yeah, Just the way that she came across in that particular scene, the sadness in her eyes yeah. is something I don't think we've ever seen from her before, minus her return to Castle Black at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we saw sort of that raw emotion. Her eyes were glistening over and she looked down at She's John. And yeah. For the first time ever, we've seen her really taken down a level in terms of what we're accustomed to. And on the opposite side of that, though, Zach, you mentioned just before how Davos is really coming into his own as a leader, both in the moment when he goes to rescue John's body, but then also when he brings up the fact that the people in the room aren't the only ones who owe their lives to Jon Snow. And that's just such a key moment. I thought in this episode that yeah. I,
3: Rally the quite troops. honestly,
1: I thought the episode was going to end with, the wildlings attacking castle black oh that would have been so, great and,
2: so dolorous went to treat with the likes of tormund and the the men who who oh john <laughs> for their and one one for their safe passage and and that's really the shocking thing is here because these these men of the night's watch i, mean, I, I didn't expect a scene like we saw in the uh mess hall where Alistair and the other officers are, are trying to justify or at least announcing what, what it was that they did, taking the responsibility and saying, uh, we always obey orders and we did this because we needed to because John made all the wrong choices, et cetera. Like I, I did not expect a scene where they're trying to justify to everyone else. Although it seemed like everyone was apart, so who's I think left? They had even? to, though. Same dude. thing. They they're going to be did. doing in Dorne. yeah, yeah, Except a whole <laughs> other
0: flavor. Well, that's
2: only if it's only if not everyone is turned, right? I mean, because it, it, there aren't many men left yeah, at the wall. Yeah, that's the whole thing. And yeah. I thought a whole mm-hmm. heck of a lot of them stabbed him. <laughs> so I, I'm surprised. Like the three guys who weren't there and aren't in the room with Davos. Now I know, are and I, I was there was more people news. than
3: I had expected to be surprised by that news.
2: Surprised by that. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of interesting. But um, you know, regarding the wild. Uh, Lings coming to Castle Black. The fact that the Boltons are also thinking about Castle Black and, uh, we know Brienne and Sansa are are possibly headed to Castle Black. Again, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of another, the, the Castle Black stuff is only beginning and that's exciting because John's there and M- Melisander's there. But there's clearly so much more than we ever could have predicted taking place at that,
0: you know, geographic. It's so good location. too. I, yeah. I, The sense of space that I felt, like even in that room, it's just, it's so good. And it's not because John was there and he was dead. And honestly, it wasn't because of the stakes. It was, it was the conversations. I thought that Alistair Thorne, his character was fantastic. He was... Really, he believed everything that he was saying. Yes. He believed it so much. He believed that that is what he had to do. When he was standing at the door treating with Sir Davos.
3: That was a great scene. That was
0: just something that, you know what I mean? Like that was a byproduct of the fact that there are still men standing and they have John's body, you know? Like Mm -hmm. it was so authentic. He did not want mutton. trouble with mutton. Davos. Mutton. <laughs> and Davos. And mutton. He goes, and some mutton.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was so great. <laughs> what? And Thornton's trying to save face in front of hunter. his,
0: like, he's now the leader of all this. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll give you some food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know
2: what he really meant was, yeah, we're going to spit in your food. <laughs> yeah.
0: You hear that, lads? Nothing to fear.
3: <laughs> we, moving towards the Boltons a little bit, since you mentioned them. uh, Something that surprised me a little bit in this episode and then it was surprising for half a second and then it wasn't surprising anymore was when Ramsey was s- sitting next to Miranda's body and for oh. a minute there he's kind of talking about how <laughs> this is the only girl that could ever hang and how he's kind yeah. of sad. <laughs> and I was like thinking that maybe I didn't think that there could be real repercussions for like her dying and then that was completely shifted when he's like feed her body to the dogs and you're
2: like okay yeah, good meat. Yeah, well, he says he says your pain will be paid for a thousand times over and you're like you yeah we should be here girl. to see it and it's like but then he also says buried burned this is mm. good meat feed it to the hounds like, whoa, and like, okay oh yeah. shit
0: <laughs> well winter is coming you know
2: winter hey you're gonna need to he's thinking about the hounds he only has the hounds' welfare. Uh, at at his heart, really. But uh, the Boltons were great. Ramsey was excellent in this episode. Now that he doesn't have his two favorite toys, I'm a lot more comfortable well, with and him Roos existing. kind of
3: gave him a little talking, to.
2: Yeah,
0: he did.
3: He was like, you know, you have been playing games with these people. Sansa was super important. Key to the north. And She's gone. Stannis was easy, but. You lost her. You know, he was able to easily take down Stannis' army because. They were tattered and whatever. I can't remember exactly what Ru says, but
2: that's a great point. He says, "Do you think it would be as easy tackling a fully uh, loaded, for lack of a better exactly. word, a Lannister so army? Don't Reckoning will
0: come. It will come. Also, Lady Walda's and I'm carrying a boy for Fat Walda. Uh-huh. Yeah,
2: yeah. If they hope, let's hope the Maesters are right, and you know that Ramsay's
0: just like I don't the look hope on that the are right father Thing. Like, no, I'm okay. surprised that he was so submissive instead of just. Blaringly angry, so yeah, I'm I'm not sure where it's going to go, but there clearly is a conflict between father and and bastard here.
2: Good, I mean, it it can't end any other way than Ramsey naturalizing well, the baby. Oh,
0: I just meant that he's a bastard,
1: not a bastard. You know, what I mean? <laughs> he's a bastard, a bastard, <laughs> he's
0: a bastard,
2: <laughs> bastard, mm-hmm. a bloody bastard. I
1: actually really enjoyed the the dialogue between Bruce and Ramsey because me too. It, it just showed that. Roos is still a very calculating player in this mm-hmm. game and Ramsey just kind of does what he wants when he wants. That scares me though for Roos, not that I you know, have much of an attachment Care to the me. character, but uh, especially that line just mentioned it about Fat Walda and what that can mean both for her and her child uh, and Roos potentially, but- We'll see what yeah, Ramsey decides to do, if anything, to try and get Sansa back.
2: It's essentially an ultimatum. It's a Bolton ultimatum that it's like, hey, you can get your you get get Sansa back or or else. Like you won't have an heir. And we all know what a terrible thing that would be if you didn't have an heir, because my wife, you know, they think she's gonna have a boy. It's just, you know, there's very clear um understanding here of what Ramsay must do. He must find Sansa at all costs. And really you know, although I say I'm more comfortable with him existing now that he's lost, Sansa, frankly, he has less to lose um now, and it makes him ultimately, I think, more dangerous uh, to be out there and be personally invested, so heavily invested in in having her back.
1: He has less to lose, but the family has more to lose, in my opinion, because with Sansa gone, that opens up a whole can of worms, and they're not going to get support from the Lannisters. They may have to look to the phrase as allies in this case, because Roose brought up the fact Sansa has the power to rally the North against exactly. them. Exactly. And didn't
3: he say that Roose had? I mean, he got Sansa for Ramsay at a major cost, so this had to work out for them.
0: I mean, yeah, they basically took him right off from underneath the Lannisters' noses. Yeah, took so. her right from Lannister's noses. Yeah, this so is their shot. It, yeah, for all of it to work out this way, it's. uh not very advantageous I um, mean they they took care of of Stannis air quotes but um there's so much more left to do
1: and how about Stannis saying he wants to uh or sorry how about Ruth Stannis saying that he wants to uh <laughs> reward the person well he says man mm-hmm. but we know it was a woman who uh ended up putting an end oh, to yeah. Stannis
3: <laughs> shout out to Brienne
0: we <laughs> <laughs> watched that uh finale recently I
3: watched it today yeah
0: did you? <laughs>
3: yeah, I okay. did.
0: Yeah. How about yeah. just the worst day Stannis has ever had?
3: I know. I feel so. I love that scene when Stannis died.
0: I'm sad that not
2: just. Yeah, like they know he's dead, but there's no. I, I'm still hoping to see, like, his body or something. I don't know. I just. He's, he's dead, he's buddy He's out there. He's still Stannis alive. Stannis is but, not alive yeah. any
0: longer. Uh, Grammar in uh, Westeros is a lot for the worse. He's at all-time an all time
2: loss. <laughs> yeah. One. That's that's
0: great. Has has suffered a great, in uh, irreparable loss. I just want to say again how good it felt, how great these scenes felt. They were very contained. The stuff with the and Ramsay, like you said, Micah, it felt these. They felt you know before Roose Bolton was just a person that was alongside Robb Stark in certain scenes, and now Roose Bolton is Roose Bolton. He's he matters. Ram- Ramsey matters and they carried it and it worked. And it's been going on for about a season and a half now. And, you know, to give them that early of space in that episode in a show that is, did you guys see? All the, like, not that they matter more than the rest of us, but I saw like a tweet from T pain that was let the HBO or the Game of Thrones retweeted. He was talking about T-Pain how ridiculous he's about to look us. running out of the uh, the airport trying to get home to watch Game of Thrones on time. <laughs> <laughs> felt like I love a, it. It's a, a, a awesome. national loves Game holiday.
1: Of it is.
3: I think that this is. I, I mean, we've had five seasons under our belt, and this is the point in time when a lot of the of us paying attention for so long is going to start to pay off. Like you're talking about, these scenes with Roose Bolton are more satisfactory because we've spent we know who he is, and so I think that we're only going to get they only going to continue to feel that way as we as different characters that we've talked about meeting up run into each other, and and as the world continues to get smaller, I think that all of everything that we paid attention to over however long is going to really start to pay off and be even more satisfying than, you know, watching season two ever was, even for us book readers.
1: And I also think that they were able to subtly infuse magic into this episode without really having dragons, without really having White Walkers. But you had multiple occasions of witches being mentioned one time by Cersei when she was talking to Jamie.
2: That's a real good point.
1: Danny was referenced to be a witch when she showed up, uh, in the uh, Dothraki camp. You yeah. had the red priestess being red discussed, priest. or or at least the red god. Sorry, uh, in the Varys and Tyrion scene, and then you also obviously had Melisandra at multiple points Taking in this off episode. Her so,
3: and becoming,
1: yeah, <laughs> becoming creature.
3: So
0: <laughs> they're yeah. you know, establishing glamours in the show at this point. Um, I'm not sure if that's gonna go any further than Melisandre, but yeah, that's 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 a pretty strong bit of magic right there that they just sort of laid out in front of us, and she revealed herself to herself and gave her, you know, she she's she's going through something right mm-hmm. now. She's yes, figuring she really something is. out, and they they really made sure to to drive that point in. And I am so intrigued. I thought it was so well done and did not see it coming obviously we know that she's a wild card of a person so the fact that this is happening to her or that she's doing that um isn't that huge of a surprise but um it's not about the surprise it's not why you know there weren't tweets there people weren't speaking up and saying oh my god i can't believe melisandre's old people were looking at it themselves and thinking what is she feeling right now and how will that matter to the story moving forward you know, why did she so resolutely turn from that mirror and just crawl into bed?
1: And does she do that every night? Or yeah. was this a moment for her, kind of off of what you're saying, Zach, where she just let go? And what would have happened if somebody walked in there? Hope she locks she her better door. She better
2: off. lock her door. No, I mean, I, I, think it's, I think it's just that she she shed her, like, all enchantments. She's really, she's herself now. That's her true form. And... She is, I think it's like a back to basic sort of thing where she's like trying to make her next move or trying to decide what her next move is going to be, but not in a sinister way. Just like being in touch with herself. She's shedding all her, um, all Close. her bullshit, all her layers, all her burdens and clothes. But she has to, to to. if
3: we think about where she's been, I mean, she just lost Stannis and she thought that he was the be all end all.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that she's, she's taking some much needed me time and, and it's got, I, it's got, it's clearly going to pay off. I mean, I, I think that she's extremely vulnerable. It's more vulnerable than we've ever seen her, which is actually what just, just what shocks me is the, is the state and how, as you said, Zach, resolutely she turns away and, and leaves sort of all her, God, what do I want to say? Like disguises, like all the layers of her, all her burdens, all her cares are left on that, on that table. And it's just so she can get her head straight and do what she eventually, like, ne- we see as mm-hmm. her needing to do, which is to figure out a way to bring John back. I think this back, is going to but... ultimately
3: make her more powerful in the end.
0: Definitely. I mean, it, it can't be that hard after living so many years to develop such a uh, an air that um puts her on a different level of the people around her. The way she just kind of always had this cool confidence, almost, uh, almost a condescending sarcasm. And uh, that was just how she was, and that's why we found it difficult to, to really, really feel close to her, to get to know her. But now that we see her alone, I think she's sort of admitting, not that she hasn't already up until this point, but I think like a lot of that pride is just going away. Maybe she's realizing herself, like, all right, listen, this is the world right now, and bad things are going to start happening at a much greater pace, and I need to do something right but only death can pay for life. <laughs> I
3: just think it was kind of funny though when she first starts looking at herself in the mirror. Because remember when we saw this clip of her starting to undress and all the trailers are like, here we go. What's it gonna be? Who's she undressing for this time? And we'll then tell like in a weird turn of events, she's just like undressing for herself in front of the mirror. Yeah. We all like, do it. This was not what I was expecting.
2: I like that. I like that subversion of that. And I like that. You know the trailer essentially mentioned at the beginning of the show. Hannah seeing all these moments from the trailer and being like, "Oh, there it is! There it is!" I like that we saw so many because I like to be surprised by my television. And you know, I, I think for the most part, uh, the more of those shots we get early on and have answers for, the more just sheer mystery awaits us. Like the trailers were amazing at at hooking us and getting us really super excited but i i would prefer that there's nothing you know, from the back half of the season at least in in any of those trailers for for that reason
0: well there's nothing from dorn
2: there was nothing from Dorn dorn's gonna be like
0: that mirini yeah. shipyard just gonna they're <laughs> so just gonna burn it down i don't know what's gonna happen burn it
2: down like the port of I marine
0: when <laughs> no.
3: Tyrion says what does he say She's I guess we're not going back to... Yeah, I guess we're not be going to go back to Westeros. And we're all like, you think? Like, we've been waiting for her to leave Marine, for so long.
1: <laughs> well, now they have to ride the dragons. Now
3: they have to ride the dragons.
1: Uh, There's always an answer, but... Yeah. I feel like this particular episode just leaves us with more questions, as it should, right? It should. Uh, as mm-hmm. we head into uh, next week and... I just am not sure how the satchel is going to fit all the owns that uh, were sent in for this premiere. Uh, I was impressed and got many a good laugh reading through the creativity and wisdom uh, of our listeners. Were you inspired? I was inspired. I I had one good one This is your opportunity.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that was a great one. So in the effort of not having a duplicate own here among ourselves. I just going to go out and say what my own is of this episode. And it's Jamie Lannister. <laughs> I talked first. So if yours was Jamie, change it. Um, But no, I, my own is Jamie Lannister. The line he's consoling Cersei. <laughs> fuck prophecy. Fuck fate. <laughs> fuck everyone who is nuts. And you know what that coming from them is they've lost nearly everything they care about. And Cersei is, convinced that it's that it's fate and 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 she chooses not to blame jamie which is for Brusella's death which is great but only because it's fated and jamie's just like you know what we're we're still the two of us like we need to be the two of us and do and do us and uh, i think that's he's probably right in that but uh, i admire sort of that interaction between the brother and sister so uh, own to jamie and cersei i guess
1: fitting and you had the reigns of castamir playing underneath that scene. Atmospheric.
3: It's awesome. I think I'm going to give my own to Tyrion um, because I already talked about how much I love the Sansa scene. So I'll talk about something else. When he is (laughs) speaking to that woman in... High valyrian or valyrian and she says <laughs> and uh Varys is like, she thinks baris <laughs> like she thinks you want to eat her baby <laughs> <Tyrian's> like well
2: <laughs> he's like
0: gesturing toward her baby and then like you know doing that with his hand that's yeah, so I thought
3: funny that was a really funny moment it's like
2: hey pardon me miss can, can
3: I have, have
0: your, your baby would yeah. you i would yeah. like this corn in time. exchange for your baby <laughs> that was gonna i
3: think Tyrion's gonna be a it's, I can't wait to watch him rule Marine. And I yeah. liked the idea that he was kind of winding around talking about how he can't rule from a tower. Um, and I thought that was really funny, that moment.
1: Who was watching him, though? It was the harpy. Uh,
2: somebody through, somebody oh, through the yeah. wind bars or whatever.
3: Well, Tyrion doesn't want to eat children, so.
0: Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> uh, this is tough. Part of me wants to give it to Dion for being so chill, for lack of a better word, when walking through that frozen river. Mm-hmm um (laughs) (laughs) yeah water water is cold man listen water is cold i was the first thing i was was thinking about was the time i went to the titanic museum and put my hand in the titanic water i was like man yeah that's tough but i'm not i'm not going to give it to theon for that part of me wants to give it to just the fight scene just the sequence brianne podrick Random Bolton men—they were kind of like the putties from Power Rangers. I knew they were going to go down, but they were—they were a little bit more scary. All right, they—they—they they, they held their own. Hmm. And then—and then Sansa almost quoting Catelyn—it was almost too much. I. Uh, this is. There's, you know what? There's going to be so many wonderful owns in our next episode, so it really doesn't matter what I give it to. So I think I'm going to give it to, um varus you walk like a rich person
3: (laughs) that's also really good he does
1: he does this is tough i i agree but uh i'm gonna just have to give it to davos i already mentioned a lot of the lines that he said before but just his overall command of the situation and he clearly believes in something hopefully uh He's able to get out of there with some help from a few friends. Well, guys, we've
0: just given our owns for the first episode of season six. How do you feel?
3: I feel like Melisandra when she sheds her skin and crawls into bed <laughs> that's how i feel right now <laughs> now i'm like i gave I it like all i like got let of like wow episode one is over like mm-hmm. i have stopped screaming about it now i need to think about it nine
1: more to go yeah the countdown is on hannah
3: yeah micah's already it's counting real. down micah's already like counting down when the season's over and i'm like <laughs> yeah, we was- just got
2: here <laughs> like
1: Barely. Yeah. Look, before you know it, we're going to be halfway through the season. <laughs> I know. Let I us know. Just,
2: basket just stop that right one, now like for one minute. <laughs> episode one may be over and having just aired, but the conversation is <laughs> yeah, just beginning. We gave our owns. We've been collecting your owns, and we're going to continue to collect your owns. So listen up, because <laughs> here's how to get them to us. You can tweet us at Game of Owns on Twitter, which you should already be following us because Micah does some real magic during, during these episodes. Really hilarious stuff. He's, he's a wizard, Harry. And, uh, over on Facebook, you can scroll upon our Facebook wall with your owns. That's facebook.com slash game of owns. And you know what? You can also email us, email your own. So it's three ways. Boom. Contact a game to get us your owns. We will put them in the satchel and pull out uh, whichever ones we do on our next episode, which will air at the end of this week,
1: and still plenty to talk about. Yeah, I think on that episode, there's a yep. lot left over.
2: Yeah, the
0: mountain. Yeah, him standing by. Just the the travel through marine as well. That was just seeing Varys walking around and concerned about. If I'm gonna start talking about it, then I'm gonna get <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot still to yeah. talk about. So. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. You guys have sent in an, an uncountable number of owns. You know it becomes serious when I just went to search.twitter.com and searched Game of Owns. I didn't go to our profile, look at at replies because they were coming in so quickly we needed something that was live updating. And uh, it's just been fun as we've been recording just to read uh, the, the the moments that you guys have shared with one another and the stuff that you thought was uh, you know interesting enough to uh, write about. And, uh, it also feels good to know that a lot of our questions, uh, are the same questions that you guys have, you know, it's just, like I said, we're all, we're all in this together. And, uh, during the season we make two episodes, so we get to just talk about this again, but more in depth than after I think another viewing and more time to let us sink into this because we haven't even spoken kind words to our loved ones after watching the episode. We've just went into our collective holes, and started making this podcast. Plenty more
1: to look forward to on the next episode, and I mean that in the actual episode two I don't know if you guys got a chance to see the preview, yes, but yes. Brand was there.
2: I did see the preview. I'm not sure I saw Brand. He
1: was the first one. <laughs> he was pretty <laughs> well no. documented
2: in the preview. That's why. That's Eric why. Because still, like, I was I was looking down from the, season, from the episode ending. No, I was no. The credits were going, and I was just like, man, and I looked away, and then I. When I looked up, it was already on Danny, I think, uh, in the, but I was like, oh, this is the preview that they do, you know, next week on Game of Thrones, so well, brand
1: miss aged a little bit, too. Maybe that's why you didn't recognize him.
2: He looks like he showered.
0: yeah, I love that we just had a conversation, guys. after all the out of all the ones that you listen to at home and out of all the ones that that we record for this podcast, we just got to have a conversation for the brand new episode of game of thrones yeah, <laughs> yeah. best yeah. name
2: best name day present Very ever nice. thanks yeah. so,
0: if ever. this is the first time you've ever listened to game of Thrones, sorry welcome <laughs> oh, to our sorry. podcast <laughs> we
1: hope that you stick with us through the entire season happen this
0: way and yes. you tell your friends tell your fathers that we're here as well <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
3: That's
1: tell that's your funny. father i'm here